Coming up on BYU Football with Kalani Sitake. The Cougars fall under the Friday night lights with the Pirates prevailing in Provo. Next up, it's a battle on the blue turf at Boise State. And with the preview, we have for you Kalani and Lorenzo Falatea next on BYU TV. This is BYU Football with Kalani Sitake, presented by Intermountain Healthcare. And now, your host, the voice of the Cougars, Red Rubel. All right. Good evening once again, Cougar Nation and our audience here in Studio C. Welcome back inside Studio C at the BYU Broadcasting Building in Provo, Utah for our Week 10 edition of BYU Football with Kalani Sitake. Good to have you with us for an hour of Cougar football conversation, whether you're joining us live or on demand on the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. For those watching us live, you're invited as always to use the Opine polling app and watch the side of the screen for poll questions throughout tonight's show. And a reminder that as always, when you're going on social media with the hashtag, it is going to be hashtag Sitake Show tonight and every week. Coming up on this evening's show, we will take a look back at last Friday night's home field setback to ECU, a game decided on a final play field goal. Running back Lopini Katoa takes us inside the film room, joined by our Jerem Jordan. Deep Blue profiles current BYU and former Boise State quarterback Cade Fennigan. Defensive lineman Lorenzo Fawatea will be our live in-studio guest. We'll have Q&A with Coach Sitake and Lorenzo. Look ahead to Saturday's showdown at Boise State, and we'll see this weekend's uniform combination as Sitake show model Travis makes his weekly appearance. Time for me to get some company here on set. Let's introduce the head coach of the Cougars, the former BYU fullback himself. Here he is, Kalani Sitake. Oh, Asia. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Hazel. And that's Hazel Haymuli, our lay girl this week and every week. And thanks to Lays for Days for suiting us up. And these are the, uh, the tuberose Lays. They're very fragrant. I, I, I need it. Just got done with practice, so yeah, I'll take all the help I can get. <laughs> no kidding, yeah, just off the practice field. It's, a, it's nature's deodorant. Here we go, right here. Yeah. Um, all right, so how was practice tonight? Good, yeah. I mean, the guys are always working hard, and so um, they give us a great effort. And, uh, you know, we, we had a lot of uh, good on good, we call it, or offensive versus defense today. And so uh, probably more than what we've had in, in the past, just trying to get, uh, get the best look for both uh, offense and defense. And, um, and we did that with special teams as well. So uh, hopefully that'll be good enough to get get us our get our guys ready to play their best this weekend. It was a tough October. Are you happy to turn the page to November? <laughs> yeah, I mean that's yeah. I mean Halloween never looks so good, you know, getting <laughs> getting the, the month over. But I, I think uh, definitely some some negative things, right? But uh, I think the, uh, there's a lot of things to, to praise and, and a lot of things to keep growing on and, and keep improving on and. Uh, I don't want to bypass some of the hard work that the guys have done. We obviously, they've gone through some injuries and, and gone through some adversity. And so I'm looking at it as, as a learning month, you know, and, and uh, hopefully we've learned quite a bit. And, and uh, uh, you know, I, I think I've done enough learning now. It's time <laughs> to, to get some winning. And, and, uh, but you know, any time that we ha I have to, to, to come in here and, and be in the, on the show and talk about BYU football, regardless of the, uh, the result, I'm always happy and, and honored to do it. And so this is a pleasure for me to be here and uh, interact with our fans and to talk about our, our, our team and our program. And uh, regardless of the, of the result, you know, that, that's, that's something that I've uh, always been really proud to do. And, and so I'm, I'm honored to be here. 
What have the guys given you beyond the, the on-field work you're doing schematically, tactically? What's the vibe you've gotten when you're around your guys this week through the first two days? Well, I think everybody's looking for answers and looking for, and sometimes it's like, sometimes you make up stuff when, when it's not really an answer and they're just trying to find ways to, to perform better and, and get the result that you want. But I, I think it's important that we uh, give them the, the reality of, of the situation that they played better this week. It's, and we're playing some really good teams and, and uh, just didn't have enough didn't create enough opportunities for us to, to come away with the victory. And, but uh, we were close, and, and um, you know, not a lot of people don't want to hear about that, but uh, I function on positivity, and, and uh, uh, that's where growth happens. And I, I know that uh, it's easy to sit here and run browbeat the guys, but the guys are really hard on themselves. And I think once they're, uh, you know, we talked about it yesterday in, in team meetings that uh, you got to remove the dark cloud. And, and, and in order to learn and get better, uh, you can't be feeling sorry for yourself. And, and I think the, the guys are taking it really hard and they're hard on themselves. And I know that there's a lot of negativity coming from the outside, but it's, it's time to move on and get better and grow. And, and uh, part of that is, is being okay with uh, the results. Like we're going through some tough times right now and, and uh, let's, go, let's get going now. You know, let's, 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 let's flip the page and, and get a better result the next month and, and, and definitely a better result this, this next week. But uh, sitting there and feeling dark and gloomy is not gonna help it. And so hopefully, uh, you know, uh, we can remove the dark cloud. And I can tell you the guys played a lot better and, and practiced a lot better today. Um, and and we'll, we'll see how it works. But I, I feel really good about, about the preparation. How good was ECU compared to some of the other opponents you've had to face this year? No, they're good. I mean, they're, they're a tough team. And, and uh, if you look at Coach Houston, he, he's, he's always gotten the most out of his guys. I mean, uh, and, and you look at what they did to, to UCF, you know, and they, they beat them and, and, um, and, and, and did it. Handedly, you know, so uh, we knew going into this game was going to be a tough one, but we, I was proud of the way the guys battled it out, and, and uh, but we weren't able to overcome all the mistakes and um, that, that we had, but I, I think he, too many times we focus on like our mistakes, you have to give them credit, they made some plays, and they, they obviously made more plays than we did, and we're given an opportunity to win the game at the end, and that, that's, that's uh, credit to them and their program, and we played some really good teams, you know, and uh, we're, unfortunately, we had some injuries, had to replace guys, and that's not an excuse other than our, our, we have good depth and good talent, but uh, that's hard to replace a lot of the experience that we have on the team. How much of that, what well, you just mentioned um, with the injuries and having to test depth, is a function of the fact that you're going to play your 10th straight week without a bye before you get to a bye? You yeah. really can't tell where that's going to happen, but is that, I mean, just being honest about this, is it a factor when you have to go 10 straight weeks without a rest? I, I mean... So I'm not going to just use excuses, but, but, but I don't know how other teams that, that do it like how we've done it. And we've done it two years in a row, and, and so, um, but that, that is what it is. And this is the, we have a bye after this week, so we can really empty the tank now going into this, this, uh, this game. And so that, that's what I'm planning on our guys, and uh, that's a situation that we knew going into it. We had the same situation last year. And um, we, we knew that we'd have to lean on some of our depth and didn't think that it would be at this point, you know, where, where our depth uh, didn't, didn't provide us the wins that we're, at, we're asking for, that we're looking for. But um, our team and our program is going to be better because of the adversity that we're hitting and the, that we're going to overcome. I, I feel really confident about that. Yeah, and I do want to get to these highlights here in a second. We'll look back at last Friday's game. But what you just said triggered a thought. Do you hope, as you go into a whole new situation next year, that you look back at this being kind of a foundational moment for what you hope are really good things moving into a tough situation? Of course, and, I, and I'm committed to, to getting the team ready for, for what we're facing next year. And, and that, that, that means 
all things considering. You know, that I think sometimes success could, could mask some of the deficiencies on the team. And obviously we see some of the deficiencies that we have and, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to do it. I, I, I have a responsibility to the players first and then also to our fans to make sure that we, we get our team ready for every game. And that means even looking into the future. All right. Uh, let's, uh, it's been a few days now, but the game last Friday night, BYU and ECU at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Game highlights brought to you by Maersk your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. The Cougars and the Pirates for a third time all-time. The first field goal attempt in the month of October was a good one. Jake Oldroyd put the Cougars on top, 3-0. ECU would answer. This kid had a great night running the football. Keaton Mitchell made it 7-3 for ECU. And Lapone, uh, speaking of great nights, Lopini filling in for Chris Brooks and had a great night himself. Yeah, I was able to break some tackles and, and uh, you know, credit the O-line for making some good blocks for him. 10-10 after the Andrew Conrad field goal. It was Jaron Hall's best rushing night since the Utah game of last year. He took off and uh, had a couple of chunk plays. This was one of them. Yeah, he looked comfortable doing it. And, and I mean, that's that's a good way to keep yourself safe is, is run and get out of bounds. Some Puka Nakua style points here in the end zone. Yeah, I like it when that guy gets the ball and then when, when you know, when Jaron can make the nice throw and be comfortable in the pocket. 17-17 and in the fourth quarter, well, heading into the fourth quarter, it was 24-17, thanks to this Chase Roberts swing screen touchdown. BYU 24 and ECU 17. The Pirates would tie the game at 24. Holton Ehlers' second rushing touchdown of the night, taking us to the latter stages. BYU got a field goal miss from ECU, keeping this thing a tie game. There were some turnovers on downs for both teams. And there was this crucial fourth and eight. And Caleb Hayes, who had good coverage, was called for P.I. It set the Pirates up for their final Last second shot at the win, and it was a field goal that was not great, but good enough to go through the uprights and win it 27-24. Yeah. Unfortunately, that was on fourth down, and, and we love our guys, but, you know, well, we expect them to make those big plays at the end. So ECU takes the victory by three, 27-24, and uh, the Pirates playing some good football as they take it in Provo. Here are your Smarty stats, presented by Smarty, location data experts. And it wasn't the be-all and end-all in this game, Kalani, but a couple of numbers uh, stayed on the field a little longer with some third-down conversions, and that showed up in the possession number, which flipped around for you in this case. Yeah, I just didn't, didn't get enough uh, uh, from I mean, this is a team loss, you know. We obviously didn't make enough plays on offense and didn't make enough on defense and, uh, and couldn't have the um, special teams be able to flip it for us. And so that, that's tough to do and didn't create enough havoc on defense, and that, that's always going to be a problem. But looking at the scores, you know, I know that uh, A-Rod and the offense wants to score more points, and defensively we need to get more stops and, and turn, turnovers. And uh, But I, overall, I was just proud of the way the guys played. They played really hard, and then um, we just didn't do enough to, to get the win. So Friday's result uh, drops BYU to 4-5 and five on the season. Cougs look to stop the skid this Saturday night at Boise State. Uh, you've got to get your fifth win before you get your sixth, obviously, but six wins is the bowl goal, Kalani. Uh, two wins in your last three, as we see the schedule here, two wins in your last three, at least two, are uh, what's needed for postseason eligibility. Yeah, focus on this Boise game. I mean, we, we talked about it as, as a team that there's still a lot to play for, and uh, this is a rivalry game for us. We talked about winning the rivalries, and we played – Utah State, and we know that that's a game for that, that uh, we don't know when that's going to be rescheduled again. And same thing with Boise, we, we don't know when this, this game's going to be scheduled again. This is a familiar opponent, and so, um, you know, we remember what happened last year, and so there's a, there's a quite a bit of uh, payback that, that, that our, with our mindset, but I think it's a good time for, for us to, to have this game and knowing that we have a bye next week. Um, this is, this, you know, basically 
got to get all all our guys ready to roll and get make sure that we get every every bit of effort from them. Your last trip to Boise was a good one, though. Yeah, and, and, and looking forward to this one. I mean, I really thankful. For, I'll always say this: the thankful for the fans that showed up and were there to support us against East Carolina, and uh, just that means a lot to us. And I hope they know that we love them. And and looking forward to seeing the fans uh, in Boise as well, so that our fans show up everywhere at home and on the road. And and looking forward to that game. If they are going bundle up, uh, it could be a little chilly. We're seeing on Saturday night. Yeah, I mean that, that's. It's November. Yeah, it's it's, it's, that's part of the that's part of the deal. You know, get 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 cold where where uh, whatever you need to do to stay warm. I'm, I'm going to try to do the same, too. We saw the schedule graphic there a minute ago, and once we roll into November, that means basketball season as well. And so we should preview the fact that next Monday or next Tuesday when you're with us, you'll have company. You'll have Mark Pope on the show, as we'll have the uh, combo basketball-football thing going next week as Coach Pope gets ready to go. Yeah, looking forward to it. And, and looking forward to the basketball team in their season. I, I know they have a really good thing going there, and Coach Pope does a great job. So. Uh, he and I were able to talk quite a bit, you know, throughout the year and uh, looking forward. I know he's excited about his season, too. So, uh, th- you know, that that's going to be that's a transition. Where it gets I love cold. our crossover shows. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. I think last time we talked about ice cream and I don't know if this <laughs> what's going to happen this next this ne- next show. But uh, always love talking, talking athletics with you and obviously with Mark Pope. Coach Pope has an exhibition game tomorrow night and then the Cougs open the regular season next Monday. Then the night after we'll do the Kalani and Mark combo show here. Good stuff. All right, break time. And this reminder that for your day-to-day Cougar sports play-by-play, watch BYU Sports Nation with Jerem Jordan and Spencer Linton weekdays at noon Eastern, 10 Mountain on BYU TV and BYU Radio. When we come back, Jerem Jordan, speaking up, takes us inside the film room with running back Lopini Katoa. Stay with us as BYU football and Kalani continues. BYU Football with Kalani Sitake is presented by Intermountain Healthcare, official medical provider for BYU Athletics. Smith's, fresh for everyone. Brady Industries, honestly better. And by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. BYU Football with Kalani Sitake continues now from inside Studio C at BYU TV. Well, last week versus ECU, the Cougars were going in shorthanded in the backfield, minus their leading rusher on the season in Chris Brooks, but stepping into the void was veteran Lopini Katoa, and he responded with the second-highest rushing yardage total of his BYU career, 116 yards on 20 carries. And tonight, he carries the conversation in this week's episode of The Film Room with our Jerem Jordan. All right, Lopini, how have you stayed ready all year for that kind of performance despite injuries and game to game, not knowing how many carries you might have? Uh, I think I've just been really just been ready for it. Like my career has made me ready for it just to um, be ready, stay ready, because you never know when, uh, you know, the team's going to need to rely on you in any situation. Okay, let's look at two 24-yard rushes uh, starting in the second quarter, the first of those two. All right, they brought uh, pressure. And so the D-line was slanting here. I saw that safety roll down, and so I knew that there was going to be a, a slant. All it took was really one lineman to cut him off, and Big Blake came all the way across as well. So just uh, Coach Harbaugh always says, just follow the butts, and that's really all I had to do right there. <laughs> hey, it worked, right? <laughs> all that footwork that you guys work on in the summer with different drills and Jamal Willis and everything, it feels like a moment like that is where it really shows up. Yeah. Just being ready, like 
all those drills just get you ready for chaos because you don't you can never simulate this in a drill somebody falling in front of you somebody crossing your face you know people chasing you it's just getting you ready to, to react um, quickly and then three plays later 24 yards again this time to the house boundary run they got a lot of good bodies out there um, they brought pressure again so I was expecting some kind of slant and there you see 11 got in when he slanted in with that pressure so sometimes that's just part of the job description. Somebody's free and you gotta make one miss. But the highlight of this play to me is uh, the people working downfield. You see Clark there um, working downfield. He's uh, like 10, 15 yards off the ball. And then Keanu's out here working and just allows me to just walk in easy, untouched. So I did uh, a little bit of work at the beginning and then the boys uh, did the dirty work at the end. And, I was able to get in the end zone. It really is a team thing, especially in rushing. And I think the BYU wide receivers are underrated in their ability to block down the field. We've yeah. seen that for a few years. Yeah, definitely. They take a lot of pride in it. You see them every day in practice. Like, if they miss a block, even though that's not their, you know, first responsibility, they, they take it to heart and uh, they, they try to get that right. And I think uh, Fessy really, um, you know, prepares them to, to, take, uh, to take that on themselves and know that that's a selfless opportunity to, you know, make the team great. When I took off these two guys, I don't know what they were doing. They, they made it a little easy. They just ran into just each other. I noticed that, yeah. So, yeah, they, they hooked me up, too. They, were, they blocked themselves, so. Okay, third quarter, 11 yards. Well, first off, we got Puka running out here. And every time number 12 moves on the field, people are to take notice. So you see, you just see how, much, how many people moved with him um, all the way out there. So it kind of pried open the middle of the field. And we just kind of pinned and pulled it. You see uh, Clark. I think that's the highlight right there. Clark, he just wipes that whole line down. So I was able to just cut right off of that and have a nice little seam. Try to finish falling forward always. Okay, now we go back to the Notre Dame game. This is one of the rushes of the year. It's a handoff. You're hoping to just get a few yards to punt. Or maybe you can get a first down. This yeah. was a tremendous run. Yeah, so at this point in the game, I, I feel like I hadn't, I hadn't had many touches. I wasn't necessarily in a rhythm, but I liked it, the situation for me, because I know it was like, there was no pressure. I figured, you know, we were just trying to get good field position, but to me, I loved it, and I wanted to get a first down. So I just remember looking right where the yard marker was and just like, like looking on the field where that, that mark was, and I was just like, gonna get there no matter what. But I stretched it, and then I just happened to see a six at the last minute, back shouldered him, and fell forward for the first down. My fall hurt a little bit. <laughs> you see my face is uh, thrown right into the ground, but you know, it was worth the, worth the pain for uh, the first down. Give us a sense of pre-snap, as you were talking about, what you're seeing and how you know where the first down marker is and what you need in the middle of that, because obviously your angle of the game is different than what yeah. you're watching on TV. Yeah, we just, well, I, I'm looking at the sticks and I'm, I know exactly where it's at. I know I had to get like to the 25 yard. That was like my, my goal to get there. And so they're playing this all, all this backed up defense. So it gives us a huge advantage to run the ball right here. So I know like, as long as I make a decent read off, out of, you know, out the gates, then I'll be able to have some space to run. Puka came in, this is unnoticed, but that little extra effort Puka did like, um, drew that guy's attention enough away from me and I was able to run by him. Okay, big game with Boise State this week. Uh, last chance for you up there. And obviously the team wants to get things right. They've got a good defense, but uh, a big rivalry game for you guys. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's exciting, you know. The season's not where we want it to be or imagined it to be, but at the end of the day, it's a blessing and another opportunity and a challenge for us to, to go play a great Boise team and um, try and get some more confidence back and, and get the season um, on a better track than it, than it has been. And the idea of making a bowl game, I'm sure, is a big deal for this team. Yeah, of, of course. You know, that's everybody's goal. That's your, that's your goal at the end of the season in college football. So that's what we're, we're working for every single day. Okay, thanks for the time and good luck. Yep, thank you. All right, so dependable. Uh, how will you remember uh, Lopini Katoa as a BYU player? I think you said it, dependable. And, and, and he's put in so much time and great leadership. And, and I mean, it's good to get him back. You know, we've, we've, we've missed him when he's been banged up and injured. And so I think he's, it's a, the timing works out with Chris, with Chris being hurt. But uh, Lopini's always trustworthy. And so we're, we're hoping that he can keep doing it and do it, especially this weekend against Boise State. How's Chris for this week? Yeah, it's just... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's still doubtful. We still have to keep keep working with it, but I, that's uh, it's not season ending. But hopefully, we can. If he's not going to go this week, then we can definitely get him back for Utah Tech. But you got a lot out of your ground game last week without Chris. We did, and and it was good to see Miles get get some plays. I mean, that you know, we, we have a good good number of, of backs that can play. You still have have uh, Hinkley Ropati that can play and Mason Fakahua. So uh, those guys are good players. We just uh, they'll take advantage of their opportunities, especially with a big old line that can block it. But you saw with Lopini, sometimes you have to make one guy miss and it turns into a big play for us. And that's, that's just the, the, the nature of the, of the position. Well, next up for the Cougs, it is the 6-2 and two Boise State Broncos. While BYU's lost four straight, the Broncos have won four in a row. Cougs playing their sixth game on the blue turf all time. will make it the seventh game. They're 1-5 in their previous six. That's against Boise. They had one extra game, though, on the blue turf in the bowl game. So actually, your last, you could say your last two trips there, you've come away with wins. Yeah, I mean, we like it. I, I, I mentioned before that I, I actually enjoy interacting with their fans. I think they have a great fan base, and, and they love their team, and, and uh, the, the, the environment, the atmosphere is, is fun. You know, they, obviously they don't like us that much, but I think there's a lot of respect for both teams, and, and we've had moments where we've been able to just appreciate the opportunity to play against them, and I, I thank them for, for putting us on the schedule and, you know, through this whole independent era that they've been able to just be the, the trustworthy uh, opponents and that's why we call them our rivals because they're the ones that uh, just them in Utah State and others that have been uh, the familiar ones every every year we can count on that's going to play us and um, you know so looking forward to that game I think Andy Avalos is doing a great job their defense is ranked in a lot of a lot of yeah. categories and, and they're one of the top defenses in the country so it's a, a test for our, our offense and then you know for, for the defense they have a really athletic quarterback that can really they can, he can create a lot of a lot of space and and extend drives with his feet, but he's also got a really accurate arm and so a uh, big physical line, tight ends that can block and running backs that can run the ball. That this is the same consistent Boise State team that we see every year. And, and you're right, they're, they're on they're on a, uh, a streak right now with, with a four game win streak. We're on a losing win streak, uh, losing streak, and so uh, one of them is going to be broken, and that's I'm hoping it's going to be ours. Well, those defensive rankings, Kalani mentions among them, second in total defense, sixth in pass efficiency defense, twelfth uh, in scoring defense, thirteenth in rush defense, really good numbers. And then the quarterback replacing Hank Bachmeyer is Taylor Green. Uh, we saw him there a little bit. Uh, he's tall, he's athletic, 67% passer, seven yards per carry as a runner, mm -hmm. and he's the reigning MWEC Offensive Player of the Week right now. Yeah, and then they do a lot of things with, with the personnel. They, they can go with uh, three tight ends sometimes, and, and, and uh, they can spread you out with uh, and, and spread formations. They, they can do a lot of different things. They run the ball downhill. They can also run it outside, run it with the quarterback, and they have a, a number of guys that can run the ball, including the quarterback. And 
uh, they're, they're, they're a tough, tough matchup, but uh, I think it'll bring a lot out of us to, 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 in this game and, and looking forward to the, to the competition. Yeah, they were 2-2 they were two and two, uh, earlier in the season. They changed quarterbacks, they changed OCs, and, uh, well, Dirk Cutter is the guy they brought. I mean, he was already on the program. That's yeah. a guy with as much experience as anybody. Well, and then Coach Cutter's got tons of experience. You, yeah. you said it in the NFL and college football and uh, as a head coach and, and as a play caller for offense, so it makes a lot of sense for them to make that that move, and you can see the, the the change on the offense, just taking care of the football and, and, and doing things that I think he's he, he does a great job at, at, at calling the calling the plays, and um, you know and they've they've obviously found a quarterback that they can count on to make plays for them, and so this is this is going to be a really good game. I'm looking forward to it. It'll be a great win for BYU because this is a team that looks like a typical Boise team right now. Yeah, and the rivalry is is, is big time for us, so we're we're looking forward to this game and. Just like we had with with the Utah State game, you know, there's yeah. we've got to keep the wagon wheel home, and this one we're we're trying to keep the bragging rights from. We just don't know when we'll play them again, but I, I hope we can play them in the future. But for now, it's just this is it. And you're undefeated against the Mountain West this year, so keep that going, maybe. Yeah, let's go. I mean, I I just want to be undefeated in November. So here we go. Let's start this one. Uh, you know, one and zero is what we're aiming for right now, and that's what that's. No, no matter what's happened in the season, we've got to learn from the adversity. I told you we've learned quite a bit, and I think I'm done learning now. It's time to start doing some work. BYU TV and BYU Radio will comprehensively cover Saturday night's battle at Boise State for you. We will do it with BYU Game Day, uh, Cougar, rather, with BYU Sports Nation Game Day, starting at 5 o'clock Eastern Time, and then Cougar Pregame Live. Those are the TV and radio programs for you, starting at 5 Eastern, 3 o'clock Mountain. The game itself at 5 o'clock Mountain, 7 o'clock Eastern on FS2. Small chance it will be on FS1, but more than likely FS2 for you to watch and listen. And then uh, TV and radio post-game shows afterward on BYU TV and BYU Radio. And then coming up next Monday, we'll rehash what went down in Boise with the Coordinator's Corner. Coaches Tuiaki and Roderick will join me next Monday at noon Eastern time, 2 Mountain time. And preceding this show every week, it's after further review with Dave and David and Blaine. That's all for you on BYU TV and the BYU Radio apps as well. Coming up next, Deep Blue profiles former Boise State quarterback and current legacy Coug. Cade Fennigan, and we'll visit with defensive lineman Lorenzo Fawatea live in studio as BYU football with Kalani Sitake continues. <laughs> Welcome back to BYU football with Kalani Sitake presented by Intermountain Healthcare. Well, for BYU quarterback Cade Fennigan, playing against BYU in 2020 felt just a little bit weird. His dad, you see, was a former Cougar, and now he was facing off against Zach Wilson as a Boise State quarterback. Flash forward, and Cade is now a Cougar QB himself and very happy to have made the transition from Bronco to Provo, as we discover in tonight's edition of Deep Blue, presented by Brady Industries. Honestly, better. People that meet him now would probably put him in more of a fearless category about trying new things and being in a, in a crowd or performing in front of a crowd. You think back when he was a little kid, little things. I mean, he was anxious about uh, just, I guess, the world itself. Lots of stories about not wanting to do things just simply because I, th I thought it was scary. And in reality, it wasn't. I was different as a kid, for sure. <laughs> My wife, Amy, did a really good job with him as a child. The more I read about it, the more I realized that the best thing to do was probably just to make him kind of face these fears that he had. And that's what she did. Like literally anything and everything that made me uncomfortable, she just forced me to do it. Doing things like getting into musical theater and, and show choirs to force me into that kind of 
uncomfortable on-stage situations. He was never anxious about playing football. He, he's always loved football. I always thought it was funny how you could have fears about small little things, but no fear at all when somebody's running straight at you and trying to, you know, tackle you to the ground. Ball was his first word. By the time he was two, he was throwing a football. It was just football, football, football. I've just always loved football. It's, it's always been something that's, that's part of me. I mean, I think even as a kid, I was just fascinated by the visual movement of it all. And so I think like part of that helped to where as a kid, I never felt uncomfortable in football especially. It's just always been something I've loved. And when I'm on that field, it's, it's a different mindset. You know, I'm in the zone. I guess in my senior year, that's when most kids decide to serve a mission or not. At that point in my life, I thought a mission really wasn't for me. And a couple of schools in particular point blanked him and said, if you can commit to us right now that you won't go on a mission, we have a scholarship for you. And I really just looked at myself, I was like, you know, are you willing to give up on this opportunity to become a better man and a better disciple of Christ just to go play football? You know, as I thought about that a lot and prayed, I realized like, all right, this, this is what you need to do. You know, you need to make some changes. You need to go on this mission and football can wait for now. Once he really made the decision and committed to go on a mission, he felt a lot of peace about that decision and everything really worked out for him. I would just say it was the people that I met, the experiences I had, and the testimony I gained that really led me to understand that I'd made the right decision. And so he was coming home from his mission with, he didn't really know what he was gonna do. I think we all felt a little anxious for him. He ended up applying to BYU and got in just as you know, regular student. And he was just trying to decide what to do because he still really wanted to play football. And just a few months before he was scheduled to come home, he started to hear from coaches again. And all of a sudden he had you know, offers that were really beyond his wildest dreams when he left on his mission to begin with. So he ended up deciding on Boise State. And when he returned home from Argentina, he went straight out to Boise. So Pete Finnegan, in essence, the third string quarterback for Boise State has never attempted a pass to true freshman. It was really surreal because, you know, one, they're playing the team I played for in college, and two, he had just gotten back from his mission. He hadn't played football in two and a half years. He'd been with the, the Boise team for, what, two months? I guess going into fall camp, I was pretty low on the depth chart, right? Because I was just expecting a red shirt. I was totally happy with where I was at, just learned the system. You know, I had plenty of time left in my college career, and so I felt good, but then that, towards the end of fall camp and kind of coming coming up on the season, I'd moved up to like the third string quarterback, which still, you, you look at the third string, you're like, ah, probably won't play much, you know? But just with COVID and injuries and everything, I ended up being the backup for most of the year and, you know, getting into some crucial games, namely the BYU game, where I played pretty much that whole game. Man, when we played against, I, I was impressed with him because he came in, quarterback got hurt, so he came in and filled in. and. And uh, that's a tough spot to go against a, a really solid defense. And uh, didn't see a lot of shock in his eyes. I thought I thought you could see that that baller mentality of like, hey, let's just see what we can do. And even at the end, he scored some points on us. That to me showed a lot of heart. It was tough. I mean, I felt like I let my team down. You know, I'm sure the Boise community felt that I let them down too. You know, I mean, it was a tough game. I think he kind of felt the weight on his shoulders that the loss was his fault. It was hard to, for him to deal with that, and I think it put him in a dark place a little bit because, you know, football 
is a game, and you want your kid to have fun playing. You want him to enjoy the journey, so to speak, and he wasn't enjoying the journey. I definitely say it was the most just, uh, I don't really, I don't even know how to say it, anxious, I guess, I felt in a long time, right? Like, since even I was a kid. And it was just one game, you know? But in the end, like, it was, it was a tough game. And that's not how I wanted my debut to go, I guess, as a college quarterback. But in the end, it was a good experience. It also helped me understand you can't win everything, you know? And in, in the end, where are your priorities? You know, like, am I gonna let this define me? Am I gonna give up? Is this it for me? And so there's a lot of questions that came up after that, but I look back at it as a learning experience and something that I'm grateful for in the end. And it helped land me here. When we heard about him entering the portal and, and had an opportunity to, to bring him in, it was a no-brainer for, for the offensive coaches, and definitely for me, I've been really impressed with him. I mean, this has been my dream school too, <laughs> since I was a kid, so for them to want me to come to their school was, was pretty cool. I'm so happy that he's reached his goals to play college football, and I think now, you know, he has new goals. I think it's just wonderful opportunity for him. I can't wait to see him compete, and now that he's eligible to go see where he can fit in that, in that quarterback room that's got a lot of talent, but he definitely belongs there. I want him to be happy. I want him to be content with where he's at. I want him to lift where he stands and be happy in that moment. And I think he is. I really think the time he's been here a year and a few months now, he's been happy. That's all I could ask for him. He's happy where he's at. And I think BYU is a great spot for him. If we, if we could look into the Kalani crystal ball, what do you see in the future for, for Cade Fennigan as a Cougar? Oh, yeah, big-time potential. And, and I, I love his mindset and just that the, uh, it's what you need from a quarterback. So I, I think he's got a bright future, and I'm glad he's on our team. We, we've, we needed him in this program, and, and he's been a big part of our, our leadership and a big part of our camaraderie and the love that, that they, they share for each other. He's a great example to all of our players, and so I, I, it's an honor being his coach. What's his role right now this season on the team? Yeah, so he, you know, he's on the travel squad. He's he's backing up the the, the quarterback. I think it's him and, and Conover behind um, uh, Jaron Hall, and so uh, we know we can count on him. He's on the headphones, so he's uh, learning as much as he can, increasing his football IQ, and then waiting for his opportunity. So uh, when when Jaron ultimately leaves the program, he'll be part of a pretty strong competition. Yeah, yeah, spot. And then it's 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 up for grabs, and, and he'll be one of the guys in in. in you know, competing for that spot. Right on. All right, well, among the players on the current BYU roster, very few have played in more games than tonight's special guest here on the Sitake Show. Defensive lineman Lorenzo Fawatea is in his sixth season of snaps as a BYU Cougar, and his next game played will be his 43rd in uniform. Let's say hello to Zoe. Please welcome in Lorenzo Fawatea. All right, first things first, I see that you're wearing a t-shirt that appears to have a little someone special. What do we have here? Oh, this is my, my grandmother on my father's side. Her name was Senga. Oh, she just barely had our, her tenure of her passing in uh, 2012, last month. So we just had a big celebration. So decided I'd honor her since it's been 10 years ago. Just decided to throw on the shirt today and wear it for you guys. So that's very thoughtful. Yeah, yeah nice. Did you bring anybody with you tonight? Yeah, I brought my beautiful wife. It's she's right here. 
in the corner. Yeah, I brought my beautiful wife with me. Uh, all my family's, uh, my family is supporting my little sister in a playoff volleyball game. Okay. <laughs> back in, back home. So I, I told them to, you know, be with my little sister, watch her game since they always come to mind. So watch her game and then tune in after. But you've got your spouse in the stands tonight. Yeah, I got my there spouse we go. There we go. She's yeah. on camera now. <laughs> What's her name? Uh, Chestina. Thanks Chestina. for coming. Fine. What's that? Good to have you here. Yeah. <laughs> so I mentioned this is your sixth season of actual playing football here at BYU because uh, there have been some injuries involved and, and so it's kind of lengthened things out. How well do you remember your first game back in 2017? Oh, I, re I remember it very well. I think my first game was either the Utah State game or Wisconsin of 2017. And I was nervous because in fall camp, I've got, I got hurt in fall camp. And then I was able to come back, miss the first couple of games. I came back and I was nervous because I was like, oh dang, I'm going against Wisconsin. It's a big old line. And I just came off an injury. So it was, it was a crazy game. There was a Polynesian old lineman across the field. I think it was Samoan and I'm Samoan as well. So he just, you know, we started having a conversation in Samoan. <laughs> and he was like, like, oos means bro in Samoan. After every play, hey, good job, Oos. Yeah, good job, bro. Like, oh, yeah, this guy's Samoan, man. This guy's cool. So, uh, You've had Zoe for a while, Kalani. Oh, man, love this guy. This is, this is uh, I mean, I hope our fans understand uh, the adversity that he's been through. Uh, even that 17th season to now, and then he's one of our best leaders and one of the best people I know. And so the, 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 uh, he's, had, he's had to battle through some injuries, and, and um, I, I feel bad that he's sacrificing himself for the team, but uh, this guy's given his blood, sweat, and tears to this program. And uh, we, that's on the field and then off the field, the stuff that he's done. He's, he's improved a lot of lives and, and changed lives. And, uh, you know, I, I, I couldn't be more thankful to have him uh, on our team. And uh, he's, he's, he's a coach's dream when you get to coach type of people like this. And just Zoe's attitude, his, his positivity and optimism. I mean, uh, you can see he's got a wonderful smile. So he, he lights up the room, you know, and, and um, he's going to have a lot of success in life. But I, I appreciate uh, the hard work that he puts in the, into the program and uh, even giving up his body for, for, for the team. And I hope he knows how much we love and appreciate him. You committed to Kalani after his first season as BYU's head coach. So his 2016 season was his first. And then in the, that winter, uh, you committed to, to BYU. What was it about uh, Kalani and the program that made BYU the place for you? Uh, first off, it was Kalani, Tuyaki, the coaches in general. It was, it was just that. And then uh, obviously the church, um, grew up, family was big BYU fans, watched every single BYU game growing up. So that just to be offered by BYU growing up is like, dang. I used to watch these guys on the field. Now I'm, you know, I'm actually a guy that gets to go and represent my family where I'm from and represent the church as well. And that's something that Kalani always points out for every game or before, like literally every Monday in a meeting, just like who we represent. Not only is it just our families, but it's the church, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and the members that are in it. So. What's a Kalani home visit like? Oh, it was, <laughs> it's crazy because, uh, Back then, there was Ty Detmer, there was Tuyaki, and uh, there was Kalfusi, and then all my parents, you know, them big BYU fans, and, and back home, you don't really get to, you know, see big, big names like that, that walks into your house. So when they walked in, they were like, oh, come, come, sit here, <laughs> you know, like just Polynesian parents, just like starstruck, but also caring and loving, just like, come sit down, water, food, you guys hungry? They fed us so much. It wasn't much. even like... <laughs> yeah, it was like, uh, how are we going <laughs> to... 
survive this the, the <laughs> onslaught of food. It was, it was a lot of fun. I wasn't even talking football. I was like, come yeah. in. Wow, I remember when you threw the touchdown here. I'm like, oh. <laughs> Are you going to talk to me yet? To me? <laughs> we, we had a pretty good feeling that he was going to come to BYU. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just intuition. Um, lots of players in your recruiting class uh, are, are big pieces on the current team still. Uh, just a few names. Uh, Tyler Batty, Alden Tofa, uh, Ammon Hanneman, uh, Ryan Rico, Isaac Rex, <laughs> Dilo Mandel, Ben Bywater, uh, Mason Fakahua, uh, Joe yeah. Tukuafu. All part of your class back in 17. Yes, sir. Even Keelan Ellis, so I can't forget. That's right, yeah, Keelan true Ellis, last, yeah. So, yeah, all those guys, it's crazy because we all go through adversity and we all have been through adversity, and it's just like, even to this day, even though we've all been here for a while, like, we look and like, dang, like, we're still here, we made it, mm -hmm. we're still pushing, so I'm glad to still be here with them. I mentioned you're in your sixth season of snaps, uh, but you haven't had that many Boise State games because you've actually, because of it, you've missed them the last two times. Yeah. So that you get to finally play Boise again. Yeah, I know it's... Uh, I haven't played them, I haven't beaten them at, like me personally, I haven't beaten them at Boise, but just watching the boys in 2020, beating them there, uh, coming here and then playing them again, you know, I just, I just re keep reflecting back to 2019, I'm like, dang, we beat them then, we can beat them this week, and you know, I'm like, we just, just a confidence builder for all of us. Yeah. Uh, Kalani, in terms of X's and O's, uh, what's the importance of, of Zoe uh, to your D-line? Well, Zoe keeps that D-line rolling, and, and, and he, he's a... Another, like a coach on, on the field. And so and we know we can play him at all the different spots. He's got the speed and athleticism play at DN, but also can play tough football and be inside. So uh, the key is just uh, just having him. We just love having him on the team. And, and uh, he, he's really, really just sacrificing himself to be out there. And, and so uh, we appreciate him. But, uh, you know, I, I want to make sure that, uh, I mean, he's got a lovely wife that's got to live with him for eternity. So we just make sure that, <laughs> That he's uh, he's still safe out there, you know. And but I, uh, his value is just more than just what he does on the field. There's there's a lot of things that he does as a leader that helps our program. Two part question for you here before our break, Zo. Um, did, you didn't play last week, right? Yes, I didn't play last. Yeah, are you? How are you feeling? You good to go this week? Oh, good to go this week. 100%. Excellent. And then, uh, what do you do uh, to help the boys keep their heads up during this current slide? And and how do you? What do you think will will we'll take BYU get out get BYU out of it? It's just basically it's energy. You know what I mean? Like especially when you're going through a slump like this, what we've been through, just the energy that we have, just remembering the days where we're like, we were winning, and just we're like, dang, we're really good. We're a good team that could win, and we, have the, we bring back the energy that we've had the past, the, the other games where we were winning. We bring that back this week, and we win. Once we win, it's, it's there. Like, that's, that's, what, that's the message that's around energy, positivity, and just keep playing football. That's what we're here for, to keep playing football. There's that word again, Kalani, positivity. Yeah, this guy lives it, man. So he's a great example for all of us and even me, you know, so I love having him around. All right, let's take a break. Next Tuesday, a reminder, you can join us for our Combo Coaches Show, BYU Football with Kalani Sitake and BYU Basketball with Mark Pope. Two head coaches together next Tuesday at 8.30 Eastern Time, 6.30 Mountain. Coming up next, we'll take your social media questions for Coach Kalani and Lorenzo Fawatea when BYU Football with Kalani Sitake continues. Come back with us. BYU Football with Kalani Sitake is presented by Intermountain Healthcare, official medical provider for BYU Athletics. Breeze, the official hometown airline of BYU Athletics. And by 
Smarty, location data experts. Welcome back to BYU Football with Kalani Sitake. Time for the social media Q&A portion of our show. And since he is the producer of the show, uh, producer Hema Hemuli tends to always find a way to get a question in. And this question's for Zoe from Hema. He says, what's the food spot in West Valley City you like? Is it called Bumblebees? And if so, what do they serve? <laughs> oh, Bumblebees is good. They got, I think they got um, like fries with like a bunch of meat in there, <laughs> shrimp, steak. But I think the best spot in West Valley to eat is Island Grinds. It's uh, family friends, obviously I'm biased here, but it's <laughs> the best Polynesian island food or Hawaiian food that you, you'll eat. So Island Grinds in West Valley City. Okay, and we were talking food during the break with our audience too. Yes, you, and, that, and, and that's good for you, right? You, you like talking about food? Yeah, obviously food is good for everybody. <laughs> but <laughs> but we, are, we were just talking about uh, Chinese food, all you can eat buffet. So we'll all go and just see. See you guys there on the weekends or something like that. <laughs> Be there. Second question uh, from Dr. Michaela Dufer. Dufer. Uh, Lorenzo. Uh, this is, uh, Lorenzo, what has your experience been like doing academic research on college football? I did not know about this. What's going on? Yeah, no, shout out to uh, Professor Dufer, man. She, was, she helped me and Keenan Ellis. Me and Keenan Ellis are close because of the same major. And uh, we worked together. We did research together with our capstone class for graduating. And... Uh, no, it was good. It was. So what did you do? Uh, we learned, uh, learned a lot about HBCU colleges. And historically just, black uh, colleges yeah, and universities. Black, yeah, we learned about them. Um, we were actually supposed to go to Canada and uh, do a research with a, like, in, a, in a hotel with a bunch of other people who were coming and explaining their, their project with other people. But uh, that same day that we were, do, were supposed to go to Canada, me and Keenan walked for graduation. Mm. So we decided to both stay and walk. But we presented online over Zoom. And it was crazy because it was just knowing that the work that you put in through all semester for school like, is going to be presented on a big stage and people are actually going to learn about it. Mm. So it was pretty good. Uh, what was the most <clears throat> important thing you learned? Um, I learned that uh, anybody can coach, anybody can play football, no matter what race or ethnicity that you are, uh, especially because it's a historically black uh, college and university. Um, like it, you don't have to be African-American to be there. There's a lot of... Uh, uh, other other races and uh, ethnicities coaching. So I think anybody can coach football and anybody can play football. Okay. Uh, congratulations on graduation, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, Appreciate way to go. Uh, coach, this is for Kalani. Uh, love and learn culture is very unique in the world of football. What would your pitch be for more schools to adopt it, your philosophy of love and learn? <laughs> well, I think the, the key for us is that we center it around Christ and uh, as our Savior, and that, that we can do that here. We can talk about uh, religion. We talk about you know being a disciple of Christ openly, and that's that helps us a lot. And I, I mean, I don't. My job isn't to try to establish culture anywhere else except for here. But uh, it's it's borrowed from Lavelle Edwards what he did, and so that it's been tested for decades when he was the head coach. And uh, what we've done is, is appreciate what Lavelle's done, but then also appreciate the coaches that have come before uh, before me, and that's. Uh, you know, what Gary Croton and Bronco Mendenhall, especially what Bronco Mendenhall did for this, this program is, is uh, allowing that to, to, uh, to take form and, and uh, use some of the things that they had working with what Lavelle did. And that's, I wish I could say I'm the originator, but I know I, that's stuff that, that I know has worked for a lot of young men and I'm, I'm happy to carry it on. 
All right, great answers for our questions, guys. Thank you. As we go to break, here's this week's trivia question presented by Breeze, the official hometown airline of BYU Athletics in partnership with the San Bernardino International Airport. Since BYU's playing Boise this week, this Idaho native is the only non-running back, non-wide receiver in the BYU career top 10 for touchdowns scored. Who is it? The answer is coming up next. All right, so back on BYU football with Kalani Titake. It's a trivia question presented by Breeze, the official hometown airline of BYU Athletics in partnership with the San Bernardino International Airport. This Idaho native is the only non-running back, non-wide receiver in the BYU career top 10 for touchdowns scored. Who is it? It is, of course, Taysom Hill from Pocatello. 32 touchdowns, all of them rushing. Of course, this doesn't count as passing touchdowns, and there were enough of those. So seventh all-time at BYU. And uh, he's racking up his NFL touchdown total as well right now. Yeah, he's still doing it. Just give him the ball. Think about the backfield. Taysom and Jamal and both guys just touchdown after touchdown every week in the NFL right now. All right, we've got to hurry. Um, this season on the Sitake Show, we will close the show with a sneak preview of the uniform that BYU wears in the upcoming weekend. And we don't do this uh, by just, you know, rolling out a mannequin. Pretty boring. We have a live model. Uh, he, he, gets, he gets better and more efficient every week. He is Travis Hodson. Let's give it up for Travis, who brings in this week's uniform. We're going with the, uh, the all-whites with royal accents this week up, uh, up in Boise. Travis, good to have you back. Glad to be here. Everything looks good on Travis somehow. I don't know how this works, but he, he, just, he makes it all work. <laughs> Just all genetics. All right, so this is the all-white look for this week, and we hope it's, uh, it's, uh, it's the all-white with the nickel face, nickel face mask this week? Yes, sir. Nickel face mask on the white helmet. All right, good stuff. Uh, Lorenzo, thank you for coming in. Oh, thank Thanks you, for man. bringing your wife in. Yeah. <laughs> Kalani, great to have you here, and we'll see you next week with, uh, with Mark Pope for our combo show. It should be a lot of fun. Let's go. It's an honor to be here. Thank you. All right, go folks, Cougs. thank you all for coming. For Kalani and for Zoe. For Travis, and producer Hema, I'm Greg Rubel. Have a great week. Go Cougs. <laughs>